Hey, this is Rick Brown with Vintage McCoy. Last night, we looked at Canada unhinged. Now we cross the ocean into the Middle East and we see what the Lord is doing in Iran. Stick around because history matters. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. Be able to sing with new meaning. My country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of the Arsene. We shall pay any price, bear any curse, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. We hold these truths be self-evident that all men are created one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to Welcome to Vintage McCoy, and we have a special guest, David Yegnazar. That's right. Is that, yeah. I said it no, right. Pretty good. All right. Good. Welcome, good to, David. Thank you. Good to be with you, Rick. Great to have you with us. And you represent Elam Ministry. That's right. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. We really want to talk about what the Lord is doing in Iran. Um, it's a, so far from here. And unless you know someone like yourself or uh, people that are connected, especially not only as Iranians, but uh, with the Christian underground church, right. we want to know what the Lord's doing there. So tell us briefly about Elam, and then we're going to dive into a lot of exciting things. Great. Well, um, yeah, Elam is a ministry that uh, seeks to strengthen and expand the church in the Iran region and beyond. So I was born in Iran in uh, 1974, a while back now, mm -hmm. um, and I've had the privilege of watching Iran's church the story of Iran's church unfold in my lifetime. And it really, really is an amazing story. It's a beautiful story. It's a, it's a faith-building story. So hopefully those who are watching or listening, yeah. I, I pray that there will be a, uh, a deep encouragement for their own faith as they, as they look at the world today and the things that are possible in the midst of all the challenges that we all face. So, mm -hmm. uh, Elam is a ministry that really does three main things. We train leaders. Um, uh, to serve the church, uh, train pastors, evangelists, uh, people to go and uh, plant churches, and then we equip them with Bibles, with books, with resources, and then we send them, send the gospel through people, through the media. And in short, um, you can summarize the story of Iran's church this way, that persecution threatened to wipe out Iran's church. Instead, it's become a very fast-growing church. And we literally seeing uh, Christian, uh, people come to Christ every single day all over Iran. Um, lots of opposition, lots of challenges, lots of suffering, lots of difficulty, and yet every single day people are coming to Christ. So mm -hmm. that's a, a summary for you. And that's really what yeah. persecution does. Yeah, right. it, it's The devil brings persecution to destroy, right. and the Lord takes that opportunity and turns the church yeah. into a mean, lean preaching yeah. machine, yeah. doesn't he? Because it really separates the wheat yeah. and the chaff, yeah. those who are yeah. uh, totally committed. In our um, pre-segment interview, we were talking, and I was asking you, prior to the revolution right. that happened in 79, mm -hmm. um, you shared with me uh, the number of believers was... Right. It was about 500 Christians from a Muslim background. All yeah. in, I mean... That was the, after, year, after about almost 200 years of mission work. Uh, Henry Martin went out in 1812, was translated the first Bible into modern, uh, into Persian, 
1812, uh, and after all his work, he saw one convert. Wow. Uh, and then different missionaries went. Uh, an amazing story, a Scottish missionary went out 1869. He wrote a, a letter back to his supporters, and he says, uh, I'm not reaping a harvest. I'm not plowing the ground. I'm not planting the seeds, but I am removing the stones. Uh, and so you see these different people have gone, and then there were missionaries in the 1900s, the Anglicans, the Presbyterians. My grandfather came to Christ in 1930s, and then he uh, and my grandmother, they started a prayer meeting in their home. They met every day without fail for over four years, praying for the country. Uh, and then there was some growth, but then by 1979, you know, there was freedom at that time. Yeah. People could preach the gospel. Um, they could, there was protections for churches and for Christians, but very, very few people were turning to Christ. So by 1979, there were only about 500 people from a Muslim background who'd come to Christ. Yep. So um, prior to the revolution, uh, America's working with Iran right. before Ayatollah uh, mm -hmm. and the revolution took place. Was it more likened, say, to Egypt, where there were a lot of believers? There's not a lot of believers yeah. at that time, yeah. but at least there was some freedom yeah. to worship. So it was a secular uh, society at that time, and then uh, yeah, the, the U.S. was very close with the Shah of Iran at that mm -hmm. time. And then Khomeini came and he was preaching uh, a message of, you know, the glory of Islam or mm -hmm. westernization. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a lot of things came together, which we're not really going to delve into too right. much, but a lot of things came together and the mm -hmm. revolution took place. A lot of promises that were made. Iran would become a great nation again. Um, you know, and that this, a lot of people were in the streets expecting uh, great, a great new season for Iran, but instead the opposite has happened. Yeah. And all the promises of the revolution and all the dreams that they have have just come crumbling around them. And mm -hmm. so every year people get more and more disillusioned. Mm -hmm. um, the regime that is there in the name of uh, the Islamic religion uh, means that people are are disillusioned by what they've been told, what they've been, um, by their religious leaders, by uh, the emptiness of, of everything they see around them. Yeah. So if there was 500 before the revolution, yeah. um, and that persecution came, it closes down the Christians, and that uh, really brings about the answer that yeah. we talked about yeah. after yeah. 1980. So yeah. we're yeah. Uh, 40 years after the fact, and how many believers we were talking about an estimate yeah. under persecution yeah. from 500 to? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get there in a second. What, okay. What's really important to understand is that when that happened, little church and the persecution does start to come, the pressure starts to come on the church. Um, evangelism is banned, Bibles are banned. 1990, the, the Bible societies closed down. They want to stop the spread of the Word of God. Um, there, is, uh, there are martyrdoms, people are, are killed for their faith, leaders obviously pay the ultimate price. So people really are expecting this small church to wither away and die, but the opposite has happened. And uh, like you say, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible uh, number now. Some people will estimate up to a million people who have come to Christ. So from 500 mm -hmm. to maybe a million could be less. I'm usually more conservative, so. I, but whatever the number is, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I can I can testify that every single day, we hear stories from cities, towns, villages all over Iran of people coming to know Jesus. Yeah, that's so exciting. So, let's just conservative yeah. estimate: yeah. five hundred thousand, a half okay. a million from yeah. five hundred. We're just yeah. shooting a number out yeah. in the dark because we're right. we're not uh, hundred yeah. percent. So. One of the best things, if we look at it, if we just remove, if, if we look at results and not the pain mm -hmm. and the suffering that goes right. with persecution, right. I mean, the, and, and I don't, I don't want to diminish or yeah. treat lightly that yeah. because of it's so hard, but the results, it's almost as if the best thing, say here in America, yeah. on the American, yeah. the best thing that can happen to the church is persecution. <laughs> if we want something beautiful to happen, as far as the results that take place, and we're going to be talking about that, about what that persecution looks like, and um, 
even having Matthew here in the studio yeah. to pray uh, for us at the end of this, who has went through yeah. tremendous persecution yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I would say is we don't pray for persecution. We don't say, come, let's no. have persecution. Uh-huh. But the church has learned to uh, expect it. Mm-hmm. And this, and all you need to do is read the Bible and see that it's very clear. Yeah. Uh, Paul says that in multiple places, it's so clear that this is something we're to expect. Mm-hmm. But what the church has been able to do is to be focused on its mission, despite mm-hmm. the persecution. Mm-hmm. Whenever the challenges have come, they've remembered the call that they have. Mm-hmm. And so persecution, they've learned, is not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. If you believe that persecution is the end of the story, then you lose hope. But what they've seen is persecution is not the end of the story. And there's this deep conviction that God is writing the story. And, and if He's writing the story, Um, He can take the most broken parts of your life, the pain, the suffering, the persecution, whatever it is that you go through. And when you submit to that and and say, Lord, we're trusting the story you're writing, Mm -hmm. He can make something beautiful out of that. And the story of Iran's church is beautiful. There are very many painful parts. Uh, Knowing personally people, many people who've been imprisoned, people who've been killed, it's, it's not easy. And yet there's a deep joy because they know that God is doing something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so there is, it's not something, hey, we want persecution, but yeah. we recognize that this is the way that we're taught in the scriptures mm-hmm. and that there is a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that is important for us in the West to say, whatever's happening around us, whatever's happening, this is not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Let's trust God mm-hmm. that He is writing the story, that mm-hmm. He's in control. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested, they're warned to never speak again in the name of Jesus. Yes. Incredible. I mean, and this is not just some, you know, Sunday school story. They had just seen Jesus killed, right. crucified mm-hmm. brutally. So they, this is not a vain threat. Mm-hmm. When they go and what do they do? They pray and their first words are, Sovereign Lord. Mm-hmm. Why do the nations do all this? Why do they, yeah. why do they plot in vain? In other yeah. words, this is not going to be the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Therefore, what is their prayer? Their prayer is, the priority of their prayer was their mission. Lord, mm-hmm. enable us to speak your word more boldly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we've seen in the church in Iran. It's not been perfect. It's not always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but wherever the church has done that, it has the Lord has given boldness and and one of the reasons the church is growing is the courage to preach the word Mm -hmm. to tell about Jesus knowing that it is good news it's wonderful news and and what I love about the church in Iran is that literally what they'll do is you know it's every believer it's simple evangelism Mm -hmm. I've met Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. he's changed my life I want to introduce him to you yeah and so I think if we can learn to pray that um, then, then whatever we're, situation we're in, we can see um, God do amazing things. Mm-hmm. You're mentioning them preaching. They're not going into an open square and preaching. It's usually one-on-one. Usually one-on-one, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, Iranians that I was involved with said they would go to the marketplace with one Bible, right? and they would pray all day for the one person the Holy Spirit would lead them to go give it yeah. to, because if you give it to the wrong person, yeah. Yeah. you may end up in yeah. jail that night. Right. And, uh, and so, what's life look like for all, you know, you spend time with um, not only Matthew, but yeah. those who are in, what's, I, I get converted this week, yeah. what's my life going to look like? Where do I go to church on Sunday in an underground? Yeah experience? How do I start sharing? Yeah. What's that look like in a practical yeah. sense? Do Great. I get baptized at night if there's some water yeah. so nobody can see me? Great question. So you, I mean, if you give your life to Christ uh, in Iran, then you're looking for somebody to help you, first of all. And that's not always easy. A lot of isolated Christians, um, because they may have come to Christ through reading the Bible. We can talk about that in a little mm-hmm. while, how that's getting out yeah. there. Uh, they may have come to Christ online, watching a TV program. Or hearing from a friend who in another city or probably even another country, an Iranian, there are many Iranian refugees. One of the ways the church is growing, refugees who've come to faith outside sharing the gospel. So, Is if, there censorship yeah. or control for social media? Like if they, they're, they're to a on certain the extent, yeah. yeah but, How does it, yeah. but it gets in. Yeah, it gets in. It gets it, in. Okay. It gets in. So there's all sorts of 
satellite TV programs or uh, online internet and all that. Okay. Um, so you would, you would immediately be thinking, who can help me? Uh, and so that's one of the things we do is train leaders. We help people to, to go and disciple people. We've got discipleship resources. So hopefully you would find somebody who's going to disciple you. We have a one-to-one -one discipleship program, uh, which is really, really effective. So somebody would just invest in you, mm -hmm. help you learn to pray, to mm -hmm. read the Bible, and then start connecting you with other believers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, you just, uh, so it's not turning up at church on Sunday, it's finding a way to meet, might be, certainly over COVID it's been online, but, um, you know, it could be, it's an underground house church or, or somewhere safe to meet. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not just houses, so there are car churches, sometimes people okay. are going to meet in a car as they drive around the city. Yeah, that's just a yeah. Yeah, that's probably a safe Worship place, right? on, <laughs> listen, maybe listen to a message, pray for each other just as they're driving around the yeah. city. Um, and so they're very creative ways of meeting because you're not allowed to meet together. Yeah. Um, but then we, very early on, we encourage people to share their faith mm -hmm. because it's good news. And mm -hmm. so, um, so that's what they do and, and they'll go, just like you say, go and pray. If they have Bibles that they can give out, they'll do that. Um, but they, like I said earlier, very simply, I've met Jesus, he's changed my life. Um, mm -hmm. Let me introduce him to you, or you to him. So, yeah. <laughs> so we hear a lot in the West of super, in, within Christendom, yeah. of supernatural right. intervention of God just yeah. loving yeah. the people of Iran yeah. and them having yeah. dreams yeah. and visions. Yeah. And um, tell me some yeah. stories or yeah. tell me what you observe yeah. Yeah. with the, those things happening. Yeah. It's definitely true. It's interesting, that passage in Acts chapter 4, they, the priority of their prayer was give us boldness, but then they go on to say, and, and come up, turn up with your signs and wonders. Yes. And, and I think when we pray that way, sometimes we pray more for the signs and wonders yeah. than for the boldness mm -hmm. to, to preach. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's an interesting thing just for us to think about what is the priority of our prayer. Mm -hmm. Priority has been help us preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. But if you're, you're alive, so... Yeah. We, we believe you're going to turn yeah. up. So we are seeing that. So there are different kinds of, like you say, supernatural or just God intervening. Um, amazing story from last year. A young man goes doing street evangelism, prays, finds somebody, witnesses to, uh, witnesses to them, <laughs> leads this guy to Christ, goes to his town. He's invited by this young new believer to his town to share the gospel with his whole family. He goes, and about 15 people come to Christ. One of them is a girl who is not able to walk. She's four years old. She's not been able to walk for the last two years. And he prays for her, um, and, and she begins to walk. And it is, I, I have, you, you hear the video, see the video of this, um, hear the joy of the family. This yeah. is real. I mean, these yeah. guys are going berserk as anybody would. Yes. It's like, if that's your four-year-old, yeah, yeah, you're going berserk. They are going crazy. And, yeah. and the, his voice is just, as he's telling the story, it's just, mm. you know, like, this is really happening. And, you know, it's just, um, so you hear those types of stories. Um, another beautiful story, which I, again, I think is, is, it's a different kind of supernatural, a blind, 10-year-old boy, uh, his family have come to Christ, he's in a prayer meeting with the church, and uh, he sees a vision of Jesus, blind boy, but he sees Jesus. And his testimony at the end of that was, I saw Jesus in my vision, and that's all the healing that I need. Wow. That's awesome. A 10-year-old yeah. boy. Yeah. So, you know, he's not healed physically, but right. he sees Jesus, and that that sense from the Holy Spirit that mm -hmm. that's all the healing I need now. Mm -hmm. I, it's easy for me, but he's, he's the one who said that. Yeah. And now he is learning to play the piano. He's actually learned to play. He leads worship. This, he's about 12, 13 now. Blind boy leading worship. Yeah. That's another miracle. Another incredible story, and this is just from the last few months. A young girl who... Um, when she was born, uh, she's a young woman now, when she was born, her family didn't want her. She was given to her grandparents mm -hmm. to uh, raise her. Her grandfather didn't want a daughter, raised her up like a boy. 
very broken family, very broken situation. The brother is abusive. Brothers are abusive. Mother is absent. Father is absent. People around abuse and use. Just I, 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 you can imagine the pain and the anguish. Mm -hmm. She's on. Uh, she's she has three friends. She's grown up now. Let's fast forward a few years. Hates life. Mocks everything. She's with three friend, two other friends. They're watching. They're flicking through channels, mocking everything that they're seeing. They come to a Christian show, and then, and they see this woman who's leading a prayer of salvation, and so they mockingly say, "Let's just pray that whatever she's praying." And they're just swearing and they're mm -hmm. cursing mm -hmm. and then praying this mm -hmm. prayer, and then they go to sleep that night. Mm -hmm. And God is so kind, so merciful. All three of them had the same dream that night. And he's, they're mocking him, yeah. they're joking, yeah. and he turns up. Yeah. And she says, in my dream, Jesus says to me, come to me. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's the first time in my life that anybody has said, come to me. Wow. And that's just beautiful enough. Yeah. Yeah. But she did, she found us, we were able to disciple her, that one-to-one -one discipleship. Mm -hmm. And uh, she came in you know, a different... Um, she grew in, the, in, in her faith, and she was recently on a, on a training course that we have. And in that course, she is challenged to forgive. Mm -hmm. And her testimony at the end was, I was able to forgive my brothers, my mother, my grandparents, and everybody who's abused me. So that's another supernatural thing. Yeah. So you've got healings, you've got dreams, you've got God just coming and touching people. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then changing lives, forgiveness, mm -hmm. the deepest part of people's lives being, you know, coming to Jesus and it's real. Yeah, so. that's wonderful. It's so exciting to hear um, things in a, a personal context, in a place that you're wondering, well, how's God working there? Right. And he's not limited by any of the things that we would see as limitations. Yep. He can meet people and help them grow mm -hmm. in that process. So they're growing. Those are beautiful stories of people coming to faith. And now, now the persecution starts. Right. What, uh, share with us some stories about you know, some of the people you're connected with in your ministry, yep. um, the hardships yep. that have come to some people's faith yep. and their families yep. or small group communities. Yep. Just kind of walk us through some of those things that yeah. are very, very painful. Yeah. So there's, you go from the, from the people giving their lives, and the, particularly in the 1990s, there were key church leaders who were killed for their faith. Haikov Sepian Mer, Mehdi Dibaj, Tateos Mikalian, a guy called Ravan Bakhsh. How did that yeah, happen? Did yeah. people, was it just uh, local community persecution, or was it through the state? Because it was I no. This was yeah. Very 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 good question. This was through the through the state. Through this the was. State. Okay. Um, Are they public? Yeah. Like the executions? No, no. No. These were murders, but but because you know, okay. these were state backed uh, martyrdoms. Mehdi Dibaj had been in prison for nine years, and then Haikov Sapian Mer had campaigned for his release. Mehdi Dibaj was in prison for nine years and then sentenced to death. But Haik campaigned for him internationally. We supported that campaign. Uh, this is back in the early 1990s. Mehdi was released uh, finally after all sorts of uh, pressure that was put on, but then two days later, Hike disappeared. Mm. So, uh, and then uh, 10 days later, his uh, family were asked to identify his body. Mm -hmm. um, and then Mehdi Dibaj himself was murdered six months later. Uh, this is 1994. Mm -hmm. uh, Tateos Mikalian, who was a great, uh, was a leader of the Presbyterian Church, moderator of the Presbyterian Church. He was shot uh, in, um, in the head in 1990, again in 1994. Then Ravan Bakhsh was an evangelist who, who had actually called Elam, my dad, uh, who had founded the ministry, mm -hmm. and asked for Bibles. He said, I want to distribute the scriptures. Mm -hmm. We didn't have enough scriptures to give him. And uh, two months later, he was killed. Mm. 
and that actually that story was really important to us because it, uh, my father uh, who's been involved with the church you know since those Bible uh, mm -hmm. those prayer meetings in the 1950s yeah. he said I, 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 I pleaded with God never let us be in that situation Mm -hmm. where somebody's asking for Bibles that wants mm -hmm. to distribute them and we can't give it yeah. to them. So those are... But then you fast forward... So you a have few, a Bible society for that, yeah. for that reason. So we translated the Bible into modern Persian, yeah. finished the New Testament in 2003. Okay. Um, and um, I remember at that time we printed 10,000 copies and I was thinking, uh, that's way too many. We're not going to... That's, gonna, a, lot. that's yeah. a lot. That's going to take us 100 years to distribute. Yeah. Well... We soon had to print another 20,000, then 50,000, 100,000. We've now printed over 2 million uh, New Testaments for Iran. It's really quite an astonishing story. Share with the yeah. people a little yeah. bit, uh, David, because they may not yeah. know. You, we have um, those who in Iran who speak right. Arabic or Farsi. They speak or Farsi. They, oh, all, yeah. all. It's all Farsi. Okay. Yeah. So those who are descendants that are Persian yeah. or those who are yeah. descendants from other backgrounds yeah. Yeah. or... So um, yeah, you have in Iran, Iran is, is kind of like in the sense of America, there's not one ethnic group. There's yes. the Iran, Maybe. mainly part, uh, Persians, but there Maybe are many Persian. other okay. uh, ethnic groups. So you have Azeris, you have Mazandaranis, Gilakis, different ethnic groups there. Sure. And it's kind of like a melting pot there. Uh, but they all speak Farsi, or, okay. which is Persian. Persian and Farsi are the same thing. Okay. Um, and then, but then you also have some ethnic minority groups that are Christians. You have the Armenians and the Assyrians mm -hmm. um, who are still in Iran. Uh, many have fled since the revolution, but they're still yeah, Armenian. Yeah. Uh, Assyrian who yeah. fled yeah. Uh, at the age of yeah. 16. And, That's uh, right, yeah. But there's still Assyrian churches, uh, Armenian churches that are allowed to meet in Iran if they only worship in their own language. Oh, so okay. if you, as soon yeah. as you go into Farsi, by definition, you're trying to reach Muslims. Okay, so, so they can do that with if they, they can speak do a that poor, if poor they language. keep if they just keep to themselves okay. in their own ethnic minority. And well. there's, there's not many of them, but yeah. um, they're allowed to do that. Um, so it's it's really where the church is reaching out to Muslims, where the persecution is. So after those, um, the martyrdoms that didn't stop the church growing. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's where the church went more and more underground. And as it went underground, it began to multiply very, very fast. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the government started to clamp down on those house churches. So yeah. Matthew, who you're going to hear from in a while, is one of those who was mm -hmm. part of that. Eventually, he was arrested mm -hmm. um, and he was imprisoned. And um, uh, there were many, many people like that. There was uh, one of... One of my dear friends, Farshid Fatih, was uh, leading a group of, of believers inside the country. And I remember December 26, 2010, I, missed, I had a missed call from him and he left a voicemail for me saying, mm -hmm. they've come, they've arrested 60 of us, please pray, I don't know when I'm going to, you'll hear from me again, mm -hmm. uh, but we're all in prison. Yeah. Uh, and that's a very, uh, that's a very real thing, you get these calls. Yeah and your friends are in prison. Um, and he was in prison for five years. Um, and, uh, Is it so, a sentence and they, they pressure yeah, you very yeah. much like uh, Peter and John were pressured, right. just if you never speak in this yeah, again, yeah, or yeah. if we turn you loose? Yeah. Is it similar? To yeah, very much so. Yeah. So if they if if you sign a document, you you, you recant, re or recant you, you, okay. you say, I made a mistake, so they'll send Mullahs, they'll send Islamic leaders to try and convert you back to, okay. to say you've made a mistake, you've yeah. been brainwashed, this, that, and the other. Yeah. A lot, a lot of pressure. In fact, one of the more recent stories is a, a young lady who was imprisoned, very courageously doing involved with evangelism, mm -hmm. and uh, they brought her a, um, they, they brought several, um, she was a fairly new believer, so we we're all quite concerned, that, you know, how much pressure is she going to be able to handle? Yeah. They brought different leaders to her to convert her back and to um, put her under pressure. Mm -hmm. She didn't. She stood firm. And uh, then one of her family members was able to visit her in prison, and mm -hmm. she sent a beautiful message to us, which mm -hmm. was, "Please greet my brothers and sisters in Christ, and let them know mm -hmm. I am still his disciple." Mm -hmm from Iran, from a prison in yeah. Iran. You get a message like that, and yeah. it's just so deeply uh, 
encourages you, yeah. motivates you to pray. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of strength that, you know, they've been able to show. The Lord is standing with them, enables them. The Holy Spirit is there. And, uh, and so that's, that, you know, in, in Philippians, Paul says, my chains have enabled most of the brethren, or more of the brethren, to uh, preach the word of God more boldly. Yeah. And so that's what we've seen. It's not everybody. There is, there, there's fear. There's fear for everybody because sure. it's real, but yeah. it's how you respond to that. Yeah. And Paul is saying, my chains have caused more people to, to preach. And we see that in your realm. When people stand firm, mm -hmm. then more people are saying, hey, we can do this. So they share the gospel. So those executions that happen more co covertly because yeah. it's disappearance and right. then they right. find a dead body. Is there, um, because it is on the book, still right. a capital offense to convert somebody from Islam to Christianity, correct? It, yeah. Technically, or does that still happen? So Iran technically would say that they have freedom of religion, that there's, you know, they sign up to the, the uh, UN... Um, um, you know the Geneva Convention. Yeah, yeah, all those things. But yeah. um, but the reality is is very different, obviously. So okay. um, so what their statement to the world yeah. and what happens practically is not practically is completely different. Okay. Yeah. So um, if that uh, explain to the people yeah. a little bit between a um, a Muslim country like. Turkey that's 99% Muslim, right. but it has a secular government, and so it has a different dynamic than Iran, who is under um, Muslim law. Right. Right? Those things are one. Right. And uh, just explain a little bit so that they might, the people might have a little yeah. bit more understanding. If you haven't traveled in that yeah. area of the world, yeah. it's a little... Yeah. Not so sure so the, the main thing to, to say here is that Iran is a... Uh, if I'm correct, it's still the only theocracy in the world yes. where the ruling government is the religious institution. Based on the Quran. Yeah, based on the Quran. The Islamic, that's why it's called, the official name is the Islamic Republic of Iran. So okay. the supreme ruler mm -hmm. is the Ayatollah, yeah. Ayatollah Khamenei, yeah. who uh, is the supreme ruler. He is, um, and, and so the whole political infrastructure, the government infrastructure, is headed up by the Islamic religious leaders. Now, imams, other, imams, and, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. yeah, ayatollahs they call them in in Iran. Um, now, in other countries like Egypt or all the other mm -hmm. Muslim countries, there's a secular government, Correct. Yeah. and um, and then you have the religious institution. Um, that speaks into society, but they are not in control. So one of the reasons that the Iranian people have become so open, and they're really the most open Muslim people to the gospel, is because they look at their leaders and they look at their government that uh, is their religious leaders, and they're saying there's empty promises, there's broken promises. Mm -hmm. You know, Iran should be one of the wealthiest nations in the world. Iran should be this, that, and the other, but there's eight-year war with Iraq where one million people died. There's mm -hmm. economic corruption. There's um, uh, political injustice, all sorts of things that are painful. And then going down to social ills, Iran has huge drug addiction problems. Mm. Um, and so who do they blame? They blame their government. They blame their leaders. And their mm. leaders are the Islamic leaders. Right. And then they see the the deception, the, the you know, when people are protesting or whatever, they're killed, they're... Um, they're, you know, um, clamped down on. Um, so they, they've lost their trust in their system. They've lost their trust in the God mm -hmm. that these people represent, and they're looking for alternatives. And, and their rhetoric is yeah. the real ills of the world are yeah. all the West. Yeah. That's the fault of the West. But if, it's, if they're control of everything, yeah. right. then it's not really... Um, a fruitful, productive yeah. community, our nation, and it's yeah. about seventy million people. I mean, it's yeah. or sixty. It's million. eighty now. A eighty, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a large name. Yeah. You live in Great Britain. I live and, in Great Britain, and I yeah. think it's seventy million yeah. or something, eighty million. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're very similar, but the economies are yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the people have suffered, particularly in COVID. I mean, it's got even worse. Um, but yeah, people are really, um, they're disillusioned spiritually. They're, they have no hope for their lives um, just practically. Mm -hmm. And they look at their nation and they, they say, what, what, what a mess we're in. Wow. Yeah. So the hope of Jesus, yeah. like you said, they're yeah. the most open yeah. people yeah. Yeah. because where else are they going to turn? Yeah. I mean, they're literally hungry yeah. Yeah. for some of them. So if uh, the persecution and those things that, that happen, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Matthew's story? How does he end up in prison? How does he get free? Yeah. How does he get to a place like America? I yeah. mean, obviously, there's a yeah. there's a journey with that. So why don't you lay that yeah. up, and yeah. we'll uh, talk through it a bit and, yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, let him pray for us yeah. here at the end. Yeah. So Matthew, um, yeah, it was a young man who um, his brother had come to faith outside mm -hmm. the country. Mm -hmm. Called him up one day and said, go find a church. And he found this is... Uh, almost 20 years now, he, he went and found one of these ethnic churches okay. um, and, um, and he gave his life to Christ. Long story. Yeah. And, and his life was completely transformed and then he just wanted to serve Jesus. And he would tell people, Jesus saved my life because of Jesus. You know, when he tells his, his testimony, Jesus died for me, mm -hmm. uh, gave me salvation, and he just started sharing his faith, planted churches in Iran. But he was one of the 60 who was arrested, that voicemail, okay. he was All one right. of the 60. Yeah. And so um, after a few years of, of serving the Lord, uh, planting churches, he was arrested and he was imprisoned for uh, about 80 days. And um, he was in solitary confinement mm -hmm. um, for, part, for the first 30 or so days. Mm -hmm. And then was moved to the public section of the prison, mm -hmm. and everybody will love this story because he's in the he's in the public section of the prison, and uh, he's excited to be there because he's not seen anybody for you know thirty days. He's been isolated. He's yeah. been isolated. So, yeah. but he's in a cell with about 20, 15, 20 people, and um, um, he's he's there because of his faith. But he says, okay. Let me start to share Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, very interestingly, he, it, the Lord opens different ways for him to, to share the gospel, but they, they didn't have paper. Uh, they would take, he would take the cardboard boxes that they had soap in, they would cut them, he would, they had a pen, and he would write the Bible stories, verses from the scriptures, and they had about 40 pages that, of Bible scriptures that were written. Mm -hmm. um, on cardboard, on from, cardboard. The, from the yeah, toilet so, paper. So for, for um, you know, so sort of a make your own Bible kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Prison and, Bible. Yeah. And uh, one of the sort of key leaders of that cell, the sort of, there's a cell leader, mm -hmm. comes to Matthew. And it, I don't have time to tell the whole story, yeah. but basically Matthew prays with him. Mm -hmm. And this cell leader says, everybody needs to read these stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, just the story to say that right there in the prison, mm -hmm. God can uh, yes. do incredible things. But anyway, he was finally released. Uh, he was sentenced. Um, he, he was on, you're waiting for a longer, for, for a while for a trial. He was sentenced to six years or so in prison. And um, so he and his wife uh, decided to leave the country, uh, that to escape. And... Um, they became refugees and, and they're here now in the United States. Mm -hmm. So if you escape, obviously there's yeah. many routes yeah. that they can escape, yeah. right? Uh, and try to try to get out, yeah. but it's not, I mean, that in itself is such a journey. Yeah. It's very, very, very difficult, difficult for people to leave, yeah. leave everything, yeah. you know. Uh, Their Matthew's mother passed away and was not able to go back for mm -hmm. the funeral. Uh, yeah. These are things that people don't see as part of the, we hear about the prison stories, but there are many, many very, very difficult losses in people's lives mm -hmm. um, because of their Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And when you are a refugee, usually you bounce around some countries yeah. to try to end yeah. up where you want to be. Well, not even where you want to be, yeah. Where, yeah. where they send you. Yeah, so, where they send you at yeah. first, like my friend, he ended up in the UK, yeah. uh, then he, no, he ended up in, in France, uh -huh. 
and his goal was to cut, he had some family in America, so right. he wanted to get here, yeah. but it's a circuitous yeah. route, yeah. right? You get yeah. to go here for yeah. several years, yeah. you're applying, you're going yeah. through all this stuff, and maybe you get out and then your wife's behind. Yeah. So yeah. Matthew there, uh, and his wife both escaped. Yeah. They had no children maybe at no the children. time. Oh, yeah. so fortunate. Yeah. I mean, that makes it yeah. even harder. Yeah. So how many people, so does Elam, when people are connected, uh, you're discipling them in the country, but when they're coming out, you're trying to help them and where they go and yeah. trajectory? So how's it work? there are refugees all over yeah. Turkey, Greece, um, wherever. So we'll try and help local churches reach those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're seeing the church grow all over the area, wherever refugees are. Um, and wherever people are willing to share the gospel with them, show them love, they're yeah. um, seeing people come to Christ. So um, just all over the place. Um, One of the interesting things, my friend who was Iranian said, it's a very different culture. He said for me, once he became excited about Jesus, mm. he said, I would just go into a restaurant. And he said, it's a cultural thing. If there's a family sitting yeah. over there, I can just go sit with them. And I just start talking to yeah. them. And he said, if I did that in America, I would be asked to yeah. go away. Why, why are you sitting at my yeah. table? And, or at a park, he would go and sit yeah. down next to them and just yeah. begin to... Yeah. A, a very open, loving, yeah. friendly, yeah. Uh, culturally. Yeah. And very people. natural. It's, yeah. So it's a very natural thing for, for to happen. It's not like uh, people awkward. here... Yeah, awkward. We think we awkward, yeah, a street evangelism or this. <laughs> is like you've you got to be some kind of weird stranger. Person, yeah. Uh, actually, yesterday we were we were eating at a restaurant, and and the table next to us were three Iranians. And Matthew said, "Hey, uh, let me go and get a New Testament from the car." And uh, just as we were finishing our meal, just went over and said, "Hey guys, how are you yeah. doing?" And mm-hmm. it just exactly like you're talking, just how are you doing? Where, this is my friend David. This mm-hmm. is, uh, mm-hmm. and I'd like to give you a gift. And yesterday, right here in California, Southern California, the lady says, "This is a beautiful gift." Oh wow! I'll read it. That's wonderful. Um, that's and so actually, I'd, I'd encourage people who are listening to, to yeah. today or, or watching, if you know Iranians, any Persian speakers, and I'm sure there are right here, yeah. probably listening, mm-hmm. hundreds of families that, that, that our listeners would know, mm-hmm. you can get hold of a Bible either through your mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. or go to elam.com mm-hmm. um, and just contact us and get a Bible and give it to them mm-hmm. because that is a beautiful gift it's a beautiful little new testament that we have um in their language in in farsi Farsi, and just go to them go Mm -hmm. to your persian friend and say hey yeah i I heard this about iran in our church Mm -hmm. here's a persian bible it's a gift yeah Uh, come and meet jesus or come to our church or whatever and and i'd really encourage people to do that such a blessing. Get, get them over the hump a little bit. This is my interaction. Yeah. I'm just yeah. an American yeah. guy. Okay. I know nothing. Yeah. I'm a Christian. I yeah. love Jesus, yeah. and I'm working in construction, yeah. and the guy I'm working with is, is Muslim, and he's yeah. from Morocco. Yeah. And uh, he's like, how come you're different? And he asked me some yeah. questions, and, and I said, well, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And I love Jesus. Yeah. And he immediately was kind of taken yeah. back, and he goes, yeah. well, we, we believe Jesus, too. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a prophet for us. Yeah. And so walk people through that a little bit, that yeah. first, because... If you're not familiar with Islam's view yeah. of Jesus, yeah. it's a different Jesus yeah. than is portrayed in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. Kind of download that a little bit. Yeah, so the, they believe that Jesus is a prophet, um, and they're, they're highly respected prophet, but um, they don't believe that he died on the cross. So he was going to be crucified, but he was. Uh, it wasn't in the end. It wasn't Jesus who died on the cross. Uh, so they obviously don't believe in the death and the resurrection of okay. Jesus Christ. Right. So if you're having that conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. the, the key point is the cross, and that is... About everything. About right? everything. <laughs> so I would say, well, this is what we believe, and this is why we right. believe it. Yeah. And that's the important thing, why we believe it, because in Islam, mm-hmm. there is no forgiveness of sin mm-hmm. in the same way that we understand. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is... God's will if he wants to. You could be a perfect Muslim your whole life and if God just doesn't want to forgive you, he's not going to. So it's it's fate, it's fatalism in Islam. Um, and so you, you have no assurance of salvation in, in the same way that you know we who have trusted Christ and want to live for him mm-hmm. and are his disciples, we say we know where we're going. 
So there's this insecure dread. Total, total insecure dread of mm. what may happen on that day. Mm. And if it, I want to yeah. be a good Muslim, do I just need to pray five times a day? You need to, it's a prescriptive religion where you have to do what you're, you know, there's, these are the, these are the rules, you follow them. Okay. And what happens is they realize that it's not dealt with their heart. So if you're having that conversation, you turn it towards it. And that's, that can actually be the conversation stop. It's like, oh, it's the same. They believe in Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but that you take it to the cross. Mm -hmm. This is what we believe. We believe Jesus died and he rose again. And this is why, this is what it means for me. Mm -hmm. This is what it can mean for you. Mm -hmm. So take it to the heart, yeah, away yeah, from just the yeah, outward, yeah, here's the yeah, rules, right. follow this, pray five times a yeah, day, yeah, yeah. And, um, but there's no transformation yeah, of the heart. Yeah, yeah. And there has to be not only the insecure dread, but a, a loneliness and an emptiness yeah. in that religion without yeah. seeing where's the, yeah. where's the benefit. Yeah. Right. And also just, you know, people, people know they're sinful. They yes. live with guilt. Yeah. And, and no there's no way, remedy. Yeah, no remedy, no... No way to actually know, am I, am I forgiven? How mm -hmm. do I deal with this? So. Yeah. So somebody's out there watching right now, David, and speak to their heart as we wrap it up. We're going to have Matthew come in a moment and pray. But speak to their heart about what it means, the death, burial, and resurrection, and giving our hearts to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because we want not only to, uh, hey, we're talking about people yep. uh, in the Middle East, yep. but we're really talking to those who are watching right, right. now. Maybe... Right. Maybe they've got outward religion. Yep. Maybe they're just curious yep. and, and found this. Yep. Tell them yep. about how to come yep. to a saving yep. knowledge of Jesus. Thank you for that opportunity. You know, what I would say is um, one of my favorite verses, Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says where Jesus showed himself to be alive to his disciples with many proofs. Mm -hmm. And Paul says, I, I presented to you of, as a first importance that Jesus died, mm -hmm. that he was buried, and that he rose again, and then the disciples were witnesses to this. Mm -hmm. uh, what the story of Iran's church has taught us, or taught me as I've seen this unfold, is that Jesus is alive, mm -hmm. and he's at work, he's real, mm -hmm. uh, and he changes people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this is not just like some kind of religious thing that we're trying to spread better ways of living no where people are saying i've met jesus amen. this is a risen lord amen the early church believed in a risen lord and the church in iran today is growing because they believe in a risen lord so i would say to somebody who's listening who's not sure that uh, jesus is alive that he yeah. is the one who can save he is the one who can bring hope he is his kingdom has come which means that uh, everything that was meant to be, he is bringing into reality. Mm -hmm. um, and he is the one who gives hope. He is the one who forgives. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who can transform and meet you where you're at, but take you to um, uh, what he, you've been created for. So I encourage anybody who's listening. Mm -hmm. um, these stories that you've heard now are, um, and I don't know where I'm supposed to look, but I'll... That's all right. Yeah. They're listening. They're, They're watching listening. us. Uh, but uh, that this is uh, this is real, mm -hmm. and I encourage you to put your trust in Christ because mm -hmm. I would say um, when when you do that, you the same kind of thing that you're hearing here, where where Jesus comes in, and actually it's not just a religious ascent to something that right. it's right. meeting a risen Savior. Mm -hmm. So it's a very personal yeah, encounter. Yeah, amen. Yeah. It was for me, yeah. and uh, you know, coming to the Lord and. Uh, half drunk after putting a couple of drug deals mm. together and just falling on my knees and mm. crying out to Jesus all alone. Nobody had been preaching to me. I had right. a, a very supernatural experience and I just sensed the Lord's presence filled the room and I had never experienced that yeah. and uh, asked Him to forgive me for all yeah. my wickedness. Yeah. And that burden that you were talking about yeah. that the people of Iran or any human is carrying yeah. guilt and shame, yeah. not knowing what to do with their sin, yeah. immediately yeah. as I ask God to forgive me yeah. for my wickedness, yeah. I was set free and, yeah. and what Jesus had done for me yeah. and paying the price on the cross. Yeah. And so that's available to anybody, Amen. whether they're, uh, like I said, somebody like me 
uh, a down and outer yeah. or people that are up and outers. Yeah. You might have a million bucks in yeah. the bank, but your heart's yeah. empty and you need Jesus. And, and I would say it's available to anybody and it's available everywhere. Yes. Sometimes we say these, we share these stories and say, yeah. well, that's out there in Iran. Yeah. We don't see that kind yeah. of thing. Well, your testimony right here is this, yes. I'm assuming, was in the States. Yes. <laughs> and this can happen right down the street because yeah. Jesus is alive. He's alive yeah. all over the world. And he's, I mean, he's here right yeah. now. And yeah. that's the risen, the resurrected yeah. Lord. It's right. not a, the historical Jesus yeah. of 2000 right. years. Jesus yeah. is here. Yeah. He's present. He sees you. He knows you. He hears you. He sees yeah. your, the cry of your heart. Right. And he wants to meet you. Yeah. And uh, he's knocking on the door of your yeah. heart. Can I tell you one, yeah. one last quick story? Yeah. 14-year-old girl. And this might be relevant to somebody mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. Has a terrible relationship with her father. Mm -hmm broken broken relationship mm -hmm. and uh, this is a story from last year such a joy for us to be involved with these mm -hmm. stories mm -hmm. she comes home one day and her father looks at her and he's in a foul mood mm -hmm. and he says to her if I had been given a sack of potatoes instead of you it would have been better for me I cannot imagine the pain, the anguish. She mm. goes to her room, she says, in her testimony, and I've heard her share her testimony. She says, I just began to weep. I began to weep and say, I mean, just, you can imagine she would. Mm -hmm. Heartbroken that a father would say yeah. that. She remembers a few days before, or sometime before, a friend had given her a New Testament. She goes and picks up that New Testament and starts to read. And she says the pages of those of the, of the Bible, of the New Testament, spoke something different, mm -hmm. completely different. I had, and, and it was like the Lord was saying, I have a different view of you. Mm -hmm. Long story short, she comes to Christ. She gives her life to Christ. And now she's leading other people to Jesus because she met Jesus, a risen Lord, who said something different to mm -hmm. what the world has said. And there may be people who are listening who just... Yeah. That kind of story, unfortunately, happens all over the world yeah. to men and to women. Mm -hmm. um, so much pain, yeah. and it's Jesus who brings that joy. And, and this young girl is writing poetry for Jesus. Mm -hmm. People are listening to it, and she's leading many others to Christ. So. Amen. Well, that I mean, people that are experiencing rejection, all mm. they want is love and acceptance, mm. and Jesus brings that and yeah. says, "Hey." Uh, you can cry, Abba, yeah. Father, and He loves yeah. us, and yeah. He wants to communicate that love in real tangible ways for our soul right. that we can uh, tap into like we've never experienced before. Well, we want to uh, uh, have Matthew come and pray for us, and we want to pray, uh, have him share with the people how to pray for those in Iran. So right. if you'll translate, yep. this is Matthew, everybody. I know, give him a shout out from where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, Matthew loves the Lord. It sounds like he's been walking with the Lord for 20 years or so. Yeah. Spends a little time in prison, escaped Iran. And so we want to ask, what are a couple of things that we can be praying for the Iranian people for? So first, let me say thank you so much for this opportunity to, to share about this with you. So as you've heard, many people are coming to Christ every day in the country. So, but if somebody comes to Christ and they want a Bible, mm -hmm. you can't just go to a bookshop and, and order one or buy one. So let's pray. Please pray, first of all, that um, we'd be able to get more and more scriptures into Iran and for these new believers. This is happening, but we want to be able to do more. We want to get flood Iran with the word of God. Yeah. To get the word of God uh, to the to cities, to towns and villages. So that's the first. The second 
برای شاگرد سازیه وقتی که مردم ایمان میارن به ایسای مسیح نیازه که اینها شاگرد سازی بشن ما میخوایم که اینها عمیق در خدا بشن همینطور که هر روز مردم دارن به ایسای مسیح تو ایران ایمان میارن چقدر مهمه که در خدا محبت خدا رو بیشتر بچشن و برن و این رو به دیگران انتقال بدن and then go and pass this on to other people so the third area for prayer بله برای کسانی که حالا که ایمان میارن تعدادشون داره زیاد میشه از اون طرف جفا هم هست for those who because of their faith they've grown and they're serving but they're facing persecution جفا از طرف دولت persecution from the government چون وقتی یک نفر ایمان میاره و بشارت میده و دیگران رو به خدا من میاره دولت اونو میتونه دستگیر کنه so somebody comes to faith leads others to Christ the government can easily persecute them. و موضوع بعدی تو جفا اینه که همون موضوع سومی که از طرف خانواده ها یک نفر از اعضای خانواده ما میاره به مسیح و مورد جفا قرار میگیره از طرف پدر یا خواهر خانواده‌اش که چرا مسیحی شدی و اینطور. So the, the main persecution is from the from the government but we also want to pray for those who are facing persecution or opposition from their family members, parents, brothers, sisters. کارشون از دست میدن تو محیط کار متوجه میشن که اینا مسیح از اون کار میشن دانشگاه for boldness okay sure okay let's pray those those three things we're praying for bibles more bibles yeah praying for deep discipleship right yeah and then we're praying for comfort strength under the persecution yeah amen so you pray and then yes you you who are out there hey we're praying for these guys uh that the lord will do this work in iran father we just thank you for this privilege to be here with David and Matthew and all of our precious brothers and sisters in Christ that are in Iran. Lord, we pray that you would bring resources, even through those who are watching and all of us being a part of it, that we could have more Bibles to put into their hands. We pray for deep discipleship, that you would connect the right people to the mature believers so that they can grow in their faith in you. And Lord, we also pray that you would strengthen those who are being persecuted by their friends, their family, their neighbors, and the government. Lord, give them grace, give them strength to be able to stand under this burden, Lord. And we just pray for your grace and favor on the nation of Iran, that you would do a, a miracle of incredible revival across sure. that land for many to believe in you, Jesus. And mm-hmm. we ask it in your name. Amen. 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 I want to ask Matthew to pray for us in Farsi, and you can translate. Yeah. Pray for the church to awaken to a radical personal commitment to Jesus that would be willing in this coming season, we are turning a corner where the church is so out of favor, Christians are so out of favor for the Lord to strengthen the believers and simply, I guess, boiling it back down to Acts chapter 4. Yep. Pray for boldness for the believers in America. Lord, I thank you for this land, for this country of America. With all my heart, I'm thankful for this land. خداوندا که باعث برکت کشورهای زیادی شده این کشور. Lord this country has been a blessing to many countries. باعث برکت کلیساهای کشورهای زیادی شده همچنین کلیساها. Lord this country has been a blessing to churches around the world. خداوندا این کشور رو برکت میده. So Lord I bless this country. خداوندا کلیساهای این کشور رو برکت میده. Lord we bless this uh, 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 the, the churches in this country. دعا میکنم همچنان باعث برکت کلیسای بسیاری در کشورهای دیگه بشه خداوند. Lord the same blessings have been to other countries churches in other countries may those blessings come here. دعا میکنم معجزات بسیاری در این کشور اتفاق بیفته خداوند. Lord we pray for great miracles in this country to happen. دعا میکنم خداوند بسیاری خبر خوش تو رو بشنوند 
Lord, that we pray that there would be a great, uh, uh, many people would hear, many, many people would hear the gospel in this land. Lord, may your protection, may your peace, may your uh, presence be here in this country. Lord, we pray that the churches in this country will go deeper and deeper in you. Lord, just like the book of Acts, that they would be able to give glory to your name. Lord, thank you that this country has given refuge to me and my wife. That we've received blessing from this country. So thankful Lord with gratefulness for this land, for this nation and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Matthew. Well, will you share with them one more time how can we connect with Elam? Yeah. Uh, well, you just visit elam.com, E-L-A-M.com, um, and you can go and learn about us. Mm. You can sign up to receive our newsletters. Uh, mm-hmm. There's different projects you can get involved in if you want to. One thing people love to do is help send Bibles mm-hmm. um, or train leaders or things like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, just uh, connect to us uh, through elam.com. Uh, there's prayer. There's a prayer guide uh, there. It's called Iran 30. It gives you 30 days to pray. So actually, that would be one thing I would say. Please mm-hmm. go and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go find Iran 30 on elam.com. Okay. Gives 30 days of prayer. Very simple. Take you about a minute a day. Okay. But if you pray through that, you'll learn a lot about Iran, mm-hmm. um, and you'll make a difference in prayer. Amen. Well, on behalf of David and Matthew, no, stay here. Yeah, we want yeah. to send send them off with a blessing. And uh, God speak, reaching around the world, loving people in Jesus. God bless. Till next time. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.